Hey everyone, this is the USA's video podcast series here at the AWFS show at 2021 here in Las Vegas. And today we're here with Will Sampson. It's Woodworking Network and FDMC uh, Magazine. Magazine. Yes. And you got to do, a, you're in a lot of stuff. And so well, we a, do magazines and newsletters and podcasts and videos and webinars and I know. the whole nine yards. I, I'm super excited because it's, it's an honor to me because when we were launching in the wood market, I'm looking up wood market, you come up everywhere. And so you are a staple in the wood industry and I've been listening to your podcast series. So it's an honor to have you over here talking to us. Uh, and as we're talking to our customers and our people are following about the automation side, we want to learn just more about what you're seeing out there in the wood market. It's our first show. Uh, in two years, I think, worldwide. Yeah, and so it's a big deal, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think everybody is just really excited to be back face-to-face -face and see people and talk to people. And, uh, you know, all of this uh, social marketing and, and Zoom meetings and all that stuff that we've done, it's great fun, but there's no substitute for face-to-face -face contact. It's hard to make a decision when you can't touch it feel it, sniff it, and really understand what it's like. And, and we're, we've got wood chips flying here and things are happening. It's just really neat to see. There's a lot of automation here today. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where the wood industry is going, is automation. You know, there, there just aren't enough skilled employees. And it's not that you can just fill those slots with warm bodies. You have to have skilled people or you have to have technology like this that can do those jobs. So when you're talking about, we had a conversation earlier on the phone and we were talking about how the wood industry is different. There's challenges in the wood industry with automation or a stigma to automation or robotics. You know, can you kind of describe well, that absolutely. a little bit? There's, there's a lot of folks that are still stuck in a 18th or 19th century view of what woodworking is and ought to be. Um, and there's an awful lot of beautiful fine furniture that was built that way. And I understand that kind of craftsmanship. How many shops these days have a business card with a guy's hand plane on it with curly cues of wood coming out of this wooden <laughs> hand plane? And they probably don't even have a hand plane like that in their shop. Sure. <laughs> you know? They probably wouldn't know how to sharpen and tune a hand plane like that right. in their shop. <laughs> so there's no, you know, no criticism for uh, that kind of woodworking. I was editor of Fine Woodworking magazine for a couple of years. I have a raft of hand tools in my own shop and I love working with them. But if, you know, I say that our magazine and our, our website are more about, they're not about making sawdust like most of the consumer products are, they're about making money. And you need to automate and be efficient to make money. So when we look at this, I saw it interesting if I look around, if we took all the people that are finishing, actually involved in the spraying side of, of making a part, spray it so they can ship it, we put them all in a corner, it would seem like we'd be in like less than 10% of the corner. You know, our finishing guys are, are little, you know, as a, as a piece Well, of there's also a thing going on in the wood industry, and I'm sure you're aware of it, is that the wood guys, most of them, are, they're tactile guys, just like you said, but they're also, they're constructors and they're, they're hands-on and they like making stuff and they're construction people. They're not chemists. You know, sure. they're, they're more like physics versus chemistry. And so the finishing, they all probably recognize that 
what the final consumer sees is the finish. And that probably adds more value to their product than anything else. And certainly if it's a bad finish, it takes value away. And they recognize that, but it's not what they're comfortable with. And so finishing is, you know, I'm gonna hire a guy who's an expert and he's a chemist and he sure. can figure it out. And I'm not gonna do that. And now where they're having to not only find the chemist, they gotta find the guy that can do the software and the robotics and everything else and figure out how to make that work. And that's sure. even more daunting. Right. So now we're here at the show, technology and things are changing. So we have self-learning robots new to the industry and that opens some new doors. And even now as the scanning uh, 2D and 3D scanning technologies, it can be applied in multiple different fields in the wood industry. And do you see that kind of taking hold then now in the future? Oh, absolutely. And the wood industry has been moving in that direction. I mean, even the guys that are all mechanical, most of them have some kind of a design program and they may do their estimating, they may do their cut lists, they may do their basic designs with those kinds of programs. So they're, they're software literate, but they still aren't comfortable with trying to apply that robotics and, and artificial intelligence and all that stuff is just geek noise that they don't understand. Right, right, <laughs> right. So you've done a lot of traveling over in Europe that you've seen on the week kind of talk. There's some really cool technology and they've been using technology that's not even that new. Like, like cell phone and robots are not new. Right. In Europe, they're common practice. Small three-man shops and multi-billion dollar big operations have been using this technology for a long time. 30 years, that's three generations of not just manufacturers, but equipment suppliers, distributors, an entire industry that's been using and adapting it, and we're starting at zero. It's, it's kind of crazy, but so it's not just the manufacturer, it's the whole industry does need to learn how to better adapt to automation and bring it to that general industry level. You, what do you kind of see? Well, I, I think that's true, and I think that it's, it's kind of sad uh, you know, I think that a lot of technology kinds of things are seen by people in woodworking. Oh, that's something for consumers and, you know, my kid in high school, it's not for me. And they're not understanding how important that is to their product, to the success of their business, to the survival of their business in the current situation. If you can't find the people to do the work, how are you going to get the work done? Right. And, you know, the robots can that are doing what you're doing with the, the AI learning kinds of situations. That's amazing. And I, and I think that a lot of these guys think that it's only for repeat production work and not for custom work and that it can't do one-offs. And you know, there, there's a misconception and they have to do a lot of learning to get yeah this idea across. Right, and I think the, one of the palatable things about it is that we're not replacing their people. You, right. can, you can use your people. The scary part was before is we need to have a painter to be able to new, use these other robot technologies. So we're gonna have to take them over here, go learn for a couple weeks, and then bring them back here and we can start trying. I'm like, these guys can't barely, they're staying above, head above water right now. I can't take my best guy away and then bring him back. And so if we can get technology that they can use, give them a tool to be able to help them, be able to expand and be able to add that into production without leaving 
then that knowledge can stay there and they can be repeated in new ways, which is a kind of exciting kind of a new development to be able to help meet that because they can't find the people. Well, and, and I think too, there's a, there's a disconnect too that they don't in their heart of hearts believe that the robot can equal the efficiency and skill of an operator. And the reality as I've seen it is that sometimes the robots can exceed the precision and particularly in, in the use of materials and no overspray and things like that. You know, even the best operators, they can't be as consistent right. as the robot can be. Right. And and pairing that technology for each type of application, like the self-learning robots work really good for really complex parts. So where that person is better, the nuances of how to attack gun angles, how to get into corners, now you can put that into very complex parts. And we look at, but then we have seen that, you, you could self-teach panels and cabinets and doors, but now they'd like to use that knowledge of, or the repeatability of a robot, if I could keep that same gun distance all the time, and I can make sure that my overlap stops at half an inch after every single part stop, you can again see that savings on the materials and then control that environment as well. So that is, that is a unique blend. There is no one perfect fit for anything, which is, is why you're right that everyone needs to just get in, they need to learn, they need to see and feel and, and to find their way through. Well, we have to convince them that there's a value to invest their time to learn this stuff. And that value is being able to get more skilled finishers without hiring skilled finishers and the value is also to have a more efficient finishing program and those two things are are really hard to achieve so if robots and automation and this all this new technology can do that it's worth them trying to find the experts who can teach them or learning themselves yeah i, I agree 100 you just did an article that just came out on robots in in uh, the wood industry. Yes. This last mm -hmm. one. I haven't got to read it yet, and so I'm extremely excited to read that. Um, what do you see? So that's just for wood in general, right? Right. So you're talking and, about... And, and the way robots are being used in wood in general, they're being adopted first and foremost in material handling roles. Mm -hmm. um, loading and unloading machines. Uh, there are uh, storage and retrieval systems that are really complex that robots can handle in a much safer and more efficient fashion than humans could ever handle. And that's, that's the primary focus. And then that's going into even uh, autonomous uh, vehicles in shops that, so it's a self-driving robot, instead of a parts cart moving from one place to another, yeah. you have a self-driving robot who is taking all these parts from one robot to another robot yeah. to get the work done. And, and there are companies that can actually work with the lights out. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I see that those are the type of companies in my mind that are gonna be ideally suited to be able to attract some of those newer kids to be able to get them in and, and be sustainable. So where where do you see the wood industry going in the next five years? What do you see, what's gonna well, be it's happening? Well, it's gotta be going to more automation. Um, just because the situations with hiring skilled help and uh, supply chain challenges and all those kinds of things just push everybody toward automation. And I see that we're currently in a situation, you know, 20 years ago, 
it was for the wood industry the beginning of CNC, and that has exploded to the point where you know back then CNC machining was only for the big factories, and today we're seeing even small one-man shops do CNC machining. Sure, it's going to be the same way with robots, and and now one of the things we haven't talked about is cobots, which is is a new thing, which are Cobots are robots that can safely work side by side with humans yeah. that have safety features and all that kind of thing. So that, say you can have a sanding line and you can have a robot who is doing a bunch of sanding right next to humans who are doing different kind of sanding. And that's, that's pretty neat. So we get a side by side kind of a thing going. And I think that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be eventually that the robot is as ubiquitous to a, a modern efficient shop as the CNC machine is now. Right, and uh, I agree 100%. And, what, and then I think people are gonna find there's all these extra extra benefits they didn't even think of. You know, you're, you're trying to automate this one spot, but then you're then you're saving the material savings. Then also, like we're talking to companies now that want their technology and the coatings is increasing and improving as well. So like we have spray stains now that have really come a long way. And so depending, that's, a, that's like a four letter word for some of them to be able right. to say spray stain. But, Everyone also thinks a four-letter word about wiping stain as well. It's not fun. And so the big, the big thing has always been that the spray stains, the newer ones now, are, are really can do a lot, but you can't repeat how it goes. If you overlay it another time, it's going to be different every time. Now we have easy-to-use robotic technology that can control that application. There's other new, there's new things coming that are going to be really I'll cool. I'll take it one more step. I did an article uh, a month ago. Uh, about powder coating in wood. And, you know, people wouldn't think of powder coating in wood at all, you know, until fairly recently. And there's all sorts of opportunities, not just by itself for powder coating, and it can do things that, that I didn't know you could do. I mean, as far as coloring the wood and, and still having a transparent finish and, sure. and powder coating also will work with wood finishes that are conventionally applied and all sorts of things that are happening and that you use the powder coating as your primer and then wow. you know huh. do the wood paint over that and all sorts of different kinds of things so that's happening too so it's it's not just how we're applying finishes and you know a robot is equally applicable to a powder coat application yeah. it's just going to be driving a corona gun instead of a spray yep. gun oh you're talking my language now <laughs> we're talking powder stuff like that that's We've been doing that for years, and, that, and it's 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 easy. It, it, it's great, and it's really yeah. easy. So it's a there's exciting things coming for sure. Oh, I think it is, and you know it's it's exciting for some people. It's also scary for a lot of people Absolutely. because it changes the way they operate. And I think for an awful long time, too much of the woodworking industry has been based on doing things because that's the way we've always done it. Right. And there's heritage, and I understand that, but. We have to be open to new ideas and evaluate those new ideas honestly and see if there's value, see if they can add value to our customers, value to our business. Right. And then finding ways to be able to, to, be able to bring that technology to them in, an, in a digestible way. Because this show, if you've here, never, never come to one before, it can be very overwhelming walking through it. There's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, it's, it's very true that we got to find ways to be able to bring it to them that they can digest it, they can use it, and they can feel it, and then how to add that to their brand to make their parts better. Well, and they have to think about doing things differently. 
you know, like CNC machining, when it came in, the people would look at a CNC machine and it was say a nesting machine was cutting parts out of flat sheets and they were saying, geez, I could do that faster with my table saw. And okay. that, but they didn't realize the real value of the CNC machine in a nesting situation is material handling. You're not touching all of those right. parts, yeah. you know? They're all cut in the same place and when they're cut, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being cut and cut and cut and shifted and turned around and, and then moved somewhere else. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, well, any last words to close us off here? Well, I just think it's great to see all this. Yeah, this big show like this is, is a little overwhelming to some people, but I want to encourage people to come to these kinds of shows because they can see stuff that they've never seen before and hopefully it'll open their eyes. Uh, hopefully they'll investigate these new products. Even if the guy is not ready for robots yet, maybe he is ready and he doesn't know that he's ready. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's all, you know, the smart business person not only knows what he knows, he knows what he doesn't know. And we need to get those folks to come and ask the questions, right. to find out the answers to those things, and then find out more questions. Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for thank joining you. us on Appreciate the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's great and, fun. Yes. And uh, we'll see you on our next one. Thank you very much.